Already in love with Refocused? Well, now you have another chance each week to listen to the show and interact with me live. Yep, it's Refocused Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. To RSVP to the show and get it added to your calendar so you don't forget, find us on social at RefocusPod to get the link or head over to the show notes right now to RSVP. And we'll see you Thursday, December 1st for the first of many live shows for our Refocus community. podcast all about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, hosted by me, Lindsay Gensel. I've spent the last 15 years of my life telling stories as a journalist working in television, radio, print, and now podcasts. And I'm also one of the many, many adults, not just here in America, but across the world who was diagnosed with ADHD during the pandemic. That life-altering answer to the question I didn't know I was asking or even needed to be asking came in January of 2021, just two months shy of my 35th birthday. And now I'm here. And while the journey hasn't been easy, it has totally been worth it. And I can't wait for all of the stuff I've been working on behind the scenes to start finding its place in our routine of creating and producing the podcast while also building more opportunities for connection with people in the ADHD community. Today's episode was actually recorded November 18th at the International Conference on ADHD, and in it, you'll get to meet Ron Capelbo, a fellow ADHDer I actually met in the lobby of the hotel mere hours after arriving in Dallas. Ron is also an ADHD coach, and one of the things I found really interesting about the conference was how many ADHD coaches were in attendance. I'll be honest, I know very little about coaching, but one thing I do know is I connect with authenticity, and Ron is really as genuine as they come. And it was clear he was in Dallas to make himself a better coach, to help the ADHD community as much as he can. And so it was really awesome to get a crash course from someone I felt in immediate connection to. I am so excited to welcome Ron Capelbo to his first, hopefully first of many, appearance on Refocused. I would like to note that all of the interviews I recorded in Dallas took place in the exhibit hall with people around so you're going to hear some background noise and some random interruptions, and my production team really did its due diligence to clean up what we could, but I apologize if any of it is distracting for anyone. And with that, let's get into today's show. The great thing about coming to this conference is you get to see old friends and you get to make new friends like Ron Capelbo, who might be the equal to me as far as loving baseball and karaoke. Ooh, yeah. There you go. But we differ on teams. The teams, yeah, definitely. I'm going to have, I'm going to tell you to do this thing and it's, uh, yeah. I'm going to have you do something called eat the mic. It's a, it's an yeah, industry term. Do you want me to hold it? You can I, hold it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's... Even yes. better. Yes. Right. I mean, awesome. like, in a normal scenario, I would have told you that before we started, but this is... Here we are. This is refocused. It's yeah. about ADHD. Um, so, if you are on social media, you should follow Ron, ADHD Coach Ron. Uh, you're based out in LA, and we met 
the first night through a lot of the people who are here who are very active on social media. And I was telling my team here how I was leaving that night, the first night to go back up to my room. And I was feeling very confident, very happy because how do you not feel that around your people? Oh, yeah. And I, I walked up and I was like, hey, I'm doing live interviews this week while we're here. And here's my card or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And, and so then I was like, and then here's my Calendly. And then you're like, oh, my God, what if no one, <laughs> no one picks the spot? So I was so relieved to wake up this morning and see that you were joining me. And yeah. so I, I want to ask about your ADHD story because okay. you are a coach. Mm -hmm. So there is this sense of wanting to help other people, but you also have your own story. Correct. Yeah. And so when you tell people your story, what is kind of your elevator pitch? Because we all kind of have our <laughs> own. An elevator pitch. I always find the elevator pitch interesting because this story could be an hour long, but yeah. Um, elevator pitch for me is I was diagnosed when I was 12 years old, 11 or 12. Um, and when I got diagnosed, ADHD was basically give him some meds, now go reach your potential. Um, and when that didn't happen, it was like, well, why not? And it wasn't the curious why, it was the, then there's something wrong with you or you're not trying. Um, so even being diagnosed as an ADHD, -er, I still felt all of that. Uh, when I graduated, I kind of didn't even consider myself someone with ADHD. I just kind of tried to get through life doing whatever it was that I could. Um, and it wasn't until recently that going to therapy, which I'm a huge therapy advocate. It's the best. Um, going to therapy, I realized, oh, I'm not a POS. I'm not lazy and, you know, all these things that I keep running through my head. And as I started to get vulnerable with that, the ADHD community, like, opened up to me. And that was beautiful. It was so many people saying like, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that. One of my first posts was how I struggle to brush my teeth twice in a day. And that's embarrassing, right? That's something that when you say that out loud to the world, um, you're afraid that people are like, oh, he's gross. Um, but instead I got so many people going, oh my God, yes, thank you. Um, and it kind of just took off from there. I, so I'm someone who brushes their teeth like, five, six okay. times a day, yeah. but the equivalent for me is uh, the number of dry shampoo days for hair okay. as a woman, because when you have a lot of hair, you have to wash it and then you have to dry it and then you have to style it and it is so much work and dry shampoo is a amazing thing until you realize sometimes there's double digits and then you're like, oh... Yeah. And it is. It's I overshower, so it's like I'm the opposite there. Like, I hate, yeah, it's like morning and night I right. shower because I just feel it. But it, I, I love what you said about how, like, people don't understand that. Like, people can in their mind think, like, it's just brushing your teeth or it's just washing your hair. Why is it such a big deal? I don't, hmm. So there's a couple reasons, right? I, I think the brushing your teeth thing can come from it's boring, um, I have to stop what I'm doing, transition to going to the bathroom, brushing my teeth. So uh, it, it becomes a fa I get to brush my teeth when I get out of the shower and realize that I need to do it. That's easy. But when I leave the bathroom and I'm like, oh, I haven't brushed my teeth yet, there is a 50% chance I won't. Um, and just to kind of, I know this wasn't part of the question, but ways that I've started to be able to do that more. Well, that was going to be my follow-up, yeah, okay, so you can perfect. just roll with it. I'll just interview myself. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so is I, 
I, I think there's this expectation that I have to brush my teeth first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And so often I'm just like at one o'clock, right? And like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't brush my teeth this morning. And then going, but I can do it right now. And that's okay. And then I do. And then it's fine. So. And I'm going to add a little fuel to your fire. So my pseudo father-in-law, he's what I call my, my boyfriend. And, my boyfriend and I are in a mortgage, but we're at that lovely age where everyone just asks when we're getting married. And so I call him my pseudo father-in-law because we've been together for that long. Right. Is a retired dentist. And my boyfriend is a brushes his teeth in the morning once, doesn't do it before bed. And I was like appalled when we first started dating. I was like, your father is a dentist. He goes, ask Steve next time you're with us. And he was like, if you brush him once and it's good, it's really, <gasps> I know, I hate to, the ADA is going to come for me. Oh like, my. Yeah. My wife, if you're listening to this, because she's the exact same way, where she's just like, this is really gross. I'm like, is I'll it tell gross? You, I'll tell you where she can send the hate mail. Okay, great. Um, flossing, though, that's a whole other story. That's a problem, too. I actually loved growing up. I love that we're talking about this. I loved growing up, because I would go to the dentist, and they'd be like, oh, you're doing such a good job flossing. And I was like, never. Uh, never do I floss. Mm, it's a lot of work, and it is boring. It's actually really interesting that yeah, you say that. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the dentist is, like, the place that I'm so afraid of uh and mostly because of the shame that I always got when I went to the dentist like it didn't matter whether I flossed or but again I probably didn't do it enough but yeah it was cavities all the time pain too I think is a big thing um and yeah I, I mean water pick was a huge savior for me that's really helped but I know it doesn't replace flossing but it's still it's better than nothing, right? That's what we need to realize. Like, sure, I'm not doing it like I'm exactly supposed to. It's not perfect, but like, it is better than not doing anything. And I am really curious, that mm -hmm. mentality, it's better than nothing, is not something that a lot of people with ADHD are typically okay with. Right. And how have you taken that mentality and used it as a coach, but also used it in your own life? Hmm. Um, so we are super all or nothing. If we're not great at something, we're not doing it. All right. Or, uh, an example showing up here, I do have this thing in my head where I won't be late because I'm so deathly afraid of being late. And so you'll meet an ADHD or that's always 15 minutes early, or you'll meet one that's always 15 minutes late or an hour late. Um, and when it comes to the all or nothing thing, I think what's really helped me is being vulnerable on the internet and, talking to people. I learned a while ago that the way I learn things and retain things is by teaching others. So when I was going through coaching training, I was making videos online and that was how I went to every single class because I was excited to like pick up something and teach it and like retain it. And that's how I kind of, that was my little own personal hack that I, I figured out for myself. So, so yeah, that's why I, why I do that. Yeah. Do you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing right now? 110%. I, I, man, I, I can't explain how amazing it is where passion and purpose uh, meet each other. The thing that I really found for me was I think ADHDers tend to have certain character traits that aren't maybe revered as much in the business world. So that's where we get into masking, right? That's where we get into, oh yeah, no, I show up on time and I'm organized and I'll get my work in. Um, because otherwise they won't hire us. Uh, so, so when it comes to finding that, oh, my creativity or my like love of learning, you know, specific things and my kindness, 
Um, I'm someone that really loves to give things to people. Like I love, especially when they appreciate it, watching someone's face light up is, gosh, that's, that's my moment. And yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. But don't try and give me something back. No, I don't. I don't need anything. <laughs> I don't want anything. I yeah. don't want to put you out. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, I think doing that. Uh, so a lot of clients that I have, um, a lot of their character traits and their specialties or things that they're really great at always come with this like caveat where they're like, oh, I do this, but it's a problem because of this. And I think it's just things we've heard our whole lives. Right. So I've heard how yeah, you're, you're super creative, but your ideas never come to fruition, right? Or you're really kind, but like you can get taken advantage of because of that. Or your social intelligence is really great. You can absolutely be empathetic with someone, except when you overthink it and you think everyone hates you. And, and what I think happens is when we're younger, our parents or our teachers see these traits and they're not fully developed yet. Um, I, I've used the analogy of, or the metaphor, I get those two confused, um, the metaphor of when I moved to Arizona, um, when I was in college, there were scorpions and they'd always, and we were so afraid of them, we shake out our shoes and stuff. And they would say, the baby scorpions are the ones to be really afraid of because they don't know how to control their venom. And I think of a lot of our traits as kids are like baby scorpions, where we have this thing and it's not good or bad yet but we're told that it's bad because, wow, you're too much. Or you might be someone that's really funny, but your parents might be like, God, they don't know how to read a room or they, they're inappropriate or they say jokes at the wrong time. And when you tell someone that, you're telling them this whole thing is bad and we don't sit there and let it grow. Um, and so, you know, a baby scorpion doesn't have their scorpion parents telling them like, don't do that at all because then they'd grow up and die because they would never be able to protect themselves. It's so interesting. Just when you said you're too much or they're too much, it was like, oh, the feelings of that is one of my older sisters constantly is like, you were such a happy kid. You were so happy. You loved performing and being the center of attention. And I have started thinking like, where did that get taken away from me? And I say it, it got taken away from me because it was not my doing in dimming that light, in taking that and making it smaller. It was people around me. And I think the more conversations we have about our words mattering and how we behave towards people. And it can be people in our families. It can be our friends. It can be people we work with that... For so long, we told people, oh, be an individual, be yourself, but only in this box. But not that self. Exactly. That one's... Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 you can't, you, you don't get to spout that off and then not actually encourage it. Yeah, it's... I was actually just at, at a friend's talk here and she used the analogy of dog training, where if your dog, you get a puppy and it pees on the carpet and you get mad at it it's going to go do it behind your back or have a really weird relationship with that compared to like, no, you take it outside and show it what it's supposed to do. And so if you're someone that it's like, yeah, I may be a little 
excitable and cut people off because I'm, you know, like I've got so many things to say and I'm impulsive and all this. And it's like, yeah, but you're also charismatic. Let's encourage that in a different way instead of just telling you to shut up. Right. Um, because that's where you're going to get somebody when they grow up saying, and, and how many of us are like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I, I, I you go, I'm so sorry. Like, and that makes us, you know, doubt ourselves. So many of my clients, one of the biggest things they need is empowerment. I need empowerment. Um, I've, I've been working on it much better than I was years ago, but still empowering ourselves to trust what it is that we think. And so often we, we want to do something, but we think of all the reasons we shouldn't. And that's what puts us in this paralysis of not knowing what to do. I had this realization the other night. I uh, have a work colleague back in, in Minnesota, and we follow each other on social, and we engage a lot there. I see her when I go and I do TV. And I had this thought where, because she posts a lot with her siblings, and it just reminded me I have to send the note to her, but I wanted to say, I can tell you were raised, that you and your siblings were raised in a very encouraging, supportive life, because you are yourself, your, your siblings are themselves. And it's really lovely to see, it makes you sad. I mean, it really does make me sad. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it's that acknowledging that and lifting that up, like let's get more of that. Totally. There, I think we're in a place now to, there, there's different stages, right? There's the acceptance of it. Um, and, and while I'm someone that, hates some of the toxic positivity in a lot of online spaces. Um, I, I do think it's important to look at things from a positive perspective, um, like a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. You know, they're like, it's like an old, I don't even know this. Is it like, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks isn't true, right? The idea is to parent yourself now. Um, I don't think there's a point where we stop being kids. Now, legally, when we turn 18, we're not, right? But I think we're still the same person. Um, I, I had my therapist tell me one time where you, all these thoughts that you have in your head, they, they change as you get more experience, right? And as you grow older, um, your body changes as you grow older. But the thing witnessing it does not change. It's the same thing that you were then. It just has different experiences and perspectives. And so a lot of the things that you're like, oh, I wish I had that when I was younger, you can, you can give yourself now. Um, it's hard because you have to unprogram some stuff, but like you absolutely can do it. And when I witnessed that for myself, that was that moment of like, oh, should I got to, oh, I got to do this for everybody. Like, this is amazing. I love it. And it's, it's really cool to watch people have those like aha moments where they're just like, oh my God, this is great. Um, because life can be filled with those and they're, they're dope. I want to ask about coaching. So mm -hmm. if someone is listening and, and it's been something that they've maybe been thinking about, or maybe they know nothing about coaching, tell me a little bit about what are some of the things they should consider when they're thinking about how it might fit in and, and kind of, you know, even some of the things that you do with your clients. Sure. So um, coaching is, I, a lot of times when I have a consultation with someone, the two things I'm looking for is, are they ready for coaching? Um, like, are, are they going to want this? Is this for them? And do we fit? Um, one of the most important things, and I'll just say this when looking for a coach, is do you, off a conversation, feel like you can build trust with this person? 
do you vibe with them? Is this someone that you're like, yeah, cool. I could totally have some, some, you know, chats with this dude. Um, because it's not really, I mean, I've seen some coaches like fresh out of certification and ones that have been there forever. And I don't think there's a difference other than I want to be here with this person. I trust them. Um, so that's one, uh, two is, are you ready? Um, are you willing to do something for and and it's okay if you're not right um i want to go ahead and say that right off the bat first i i needed to go to therapy i wouldn't have been ready for coaching without therapy and a lot of times when people come to me i don't tell them that they need therapy but i explain that like what therapy's done for me and i think it's really great um and that maybe coaching isn't the thing for them um yet or maybe there's someone else out there that has different skills than i do but basically what coaching ends up doing is it helps you reframe some of the obstacles in your life. Again, I'm, I'm a very analogy, metaphoric kind of person. So I think about, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Peele. He was talking about the new movie Nope that he, that he did. And he said he used the Jaws effect on it. And the Jaws effect is basically... They made Jaws scary by not showing you what the monster was and waiting until the end. And then Nope, you're like, I don't know what the hell this thing is in the sky, and that's freaky. Um, and so I think so often when people say things like, oh, I can't get started on this project, and they don't know why. Like, if you ask them, they can come up with a few reasons, but they're not, like, the real reasons. And so what we do is we take these invisible walls and we, like, at least first throw a blanket over them to see how big they are. And then we kind of, like, peek under and we're like, okay, well, this is what this looks like. All right, have I ever encountered this before and have I ever been able to overcome it? And if so, you're like, okay, well, what did I do? Um, example for me is... Uh, I realized that like when I'm with other people or music's playing or things are going on, like I'm activated. And so when I'm like, I don't have the motivation for anything. And there's times I'm like, I don't know what to do. This is dumb. I'm never going to do it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I can just like Alexa play blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, it works more often than not. Sometimes it doesn't, but like it starts to work. And what coaching does is helps you explore those things. And we start to ask questions. It comes from a place of curiosity over judgment. Um, and the, the thing is, is that there's no right answer. I used to go through life going like, I wonder what the right answer is here. And what that did was prevented me from taking action until I found the right answer. And that sucked, <laughs> right? Um, even if like I had to convince myself it was the right answer. So it was either think about it and do the exact right thing or react, which could go horribly wrong. Um, and so being able to realize that, hey, up until this point in my life, based on my experience and what I know, this could be the right answer. I mean... I have all the information I need. I'm going to go for it and see what happens. Because so many people do that in life without worry and, you know, get whatever it is they want. Like, why can't I do that? It's scary at first. It's like jumping into a pool, you know, not knowing how to swim. And someone's like, it's okay, I'm going to catch you. And so, like, the coach is there to help catch you. The coach is there to be like, okay, like, can you swim to there? And they're like, I used to be able to swim, but I'm, I don't know if I can. They're like, well, let's start here and let's do this. Um, and those little steps become super empowering. Um, and it's not me telling you what to do. I've had clients that are just like, well, what do you think? It doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> like, this is your life. Um, 
so, so yeah, I, I also say how I'm a client myself and where I've gotten and, uh, been able to accomplish over the past couple of years is the most consistent I've ever been with something. And no one has told me how to do it. And they give you some ideas of like, Oh, you should sign up for this and that. But like, I started making TikToks. I started just like putting, airing my dirty laundry, right on the internet. Just be like, Hey, I suck at this or I struggle with this. What about you guys? And I found so many things along the way. I've met so many people, made so many connections. And now I have coaches coming to me like, oh my God, how did you do that? And it's, it's not me telling you what to do. It's you going like, screw it. I'm gonna try it. Let's go. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of fun. You know, you have these realizations as, a, as an adult where you can take a step back and see moments where you thought really nothing about it. Like you did it and you just like didn't in the moment accept what it was. And then you're like, oh, I taught myself how to do this thing that I didn't know how to do. And now I'm doing it and people are enjoying it and are engaging with it. And that's pretty awesome. And why can't I, why can't I be excited about that? And it kind of sounds like from my perspective, and again, like I have a therapist and there's a lot of times where a lot of what we do is like to-do lists. But in the same sense, it is so amazing to have someone who is just like, what is the best for you? And I think sometimes for people with ADHD, going to people in our lives and trying to get that is so hard. And so that's they give why advice. I, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shout out to my, my nearest and dearest Annie, who the other day said to me, she goes, oh, do you want advice or do you just want to, to Love listen? That. Yeah. Do you want me to listen? And I was like, oh, what? And she was like, do you want advice or do you want me to just listen? And I was like, that is the greatest thing you've ever said. The, the thing that I, I really love is most ADHDers are verbal processors and conceptual processors. So we have crappy working memory. And so when everything's in our head, it's like we move to the next thing and we forgot about the last thing. And so being able to sort out what I'm going to do in my head is impossible. I think I can do it, but it's impossible. And conceptual meaning, I need to know how everything's going to go. I need to know what, like even coming to this conference, I tried to get as much information as I could on the vibe. Thank God I wasn't the only one. What's the vibe? Like, how do I, like, I don't know. Like, there's so many questions on little details that don't really matter, but to me they do because I need to know. Um, And so in coaching, what ends up happening is, is we, like, imagine your head is just like those video game cable cords that you shoved in a drawer to like get out of the way and then you pulled it out and it was this huge ball of wires and that's what our head is and I'm just going to kind of help you untangle it and then you're going to be the one to be like oh this will go here and this is where I want to put this and this is what I want to do with this um, and I'm like cool let's let's do it <laughs> um, yeah what's on the horizon and I that could be a month that could be 10 years that is something For you're super me? excited about. Yes. Oh man. Cause I think um, it's always nice to look forward. A yeah. Little bit. Yeah. We so, spent so much time in the past. When, when I got into coaching, I wasn't sure that I was going to be a coach. I just knew that I wanted more. And I, I said this at first and um, I wanted to be legit. I wanted people to take me seriously and I wanted to be able to take myself seriously. Um, and I remember having this fuzzy goal of like, I want to do something with this. And right now this looks like the the trajectory I want to go on. 
Um, and so each day, so when you say that, I, I love this idea of fuzzy goals where I can tell you like a general idea of where I'm headed and every month or two, I kind of just check in and make sure I'm headed in the direction, like make sure that street that I come up on, I was like, yeah, this is, this is still cool. I like it. And I look around and I'm like, actually let's, let's turn here and try that one. Um, and that's been what I've been doing for years. I guess so then currently what I'm doing that I'm excited for the new year is uh, group coaching. I started group coaching at the beginning of this year. Um, I've had one group coaching class um, up until last month. Shout out to Wednesday nights. You guys are great. Um, and they've been fantastic. It's the most exciting part of my week. When I get done with group coaching class, I am so freaking energetic and just amped for life. Um, and I started a Tuesday one, uh, this last month. You guys are great too. And, as great um, as <laughs> you know, it's just no, like the original, yeah, right? And no, I'm just kidding. My it, Tuesday it, night groups. But it, I get, I get the feeling of like, you tried something and you were like, this is really brave and vulnerable and it's working. And, and, yeah. and I know coaches do do it. A lot of coaches I know have not dipped their toe into that yet. And learning at ADCO where I was trained, they didn't really have any, like they didn't tell us how to do that. Um, I had a mentor that encouraged me to do it and she didn't tell me how she was just like, Oh my gosh, you need to just try. And so I, I was on a podcast where I said, I'm starting a group next month. And that's how I started where I was like, Oh shit, I guess I'm starting a group. Um, and so now I'm getting a third one starting next month on Thursdays. So that's open for enrollment if anybody's interested. And um, my goal is to have six or seven of those for the week. Um, I love doing one-on-one coachings, but uh, I just think one, I could reach more people in group coaching and it's more affordable for people. There also is the group aspect. Um, it is it, it incredible. Matters. It yeah. matters. You Listening to someone with what they're going through can spark so much, you know, insight for yourself and like motivation where you're like, Oh wow, I'm going to try this actually. And the validity of it. So many ADHDers need to feel validated. We need to just, and that's what I think is so great about the online community is just hearing other people don't brush their teeth twice a day or struggle to wash their hair is, can feel really nice. It just makes you feel a little less like lazy or less than, um, which a lot of us are made to feel our whole lives. It's very funny because I, for a very long time, was like, no, I like working out alone. I, I, that I could not work out in a group. And then it was getting into the right group with the mm. right people. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. There is something here. Totally. Yep. I want to wrap this up just by sure. asking you really quick. Do you think that as you work with your clients and you're helping them along, that it in turn that is making some of the things that are harder for you with your ADHD, not easier, but you can see light at the end of the tunnel and it almost like, it's like the, the reverb, you know, it's like it bounces off of all of that and it's just affecting other places. I mean, I, I don't know how to say yes more than just saying yes. I mean, like absolutely, <laughs> like yes, totally. It is like getting coached myself afterwards. And and I think that's why I was like, oh, group's going to be great. Because like just hearing someone figuring it out on their own is inspiring. Um, hearing someone what like they kind of figured out, like I start to go, well, that might not work for me. But like if I just did this, like that 
that might work. And, and it's cool. It's, it's just like plucking ideas out of the air. Right. Um, and I, I think even this conference being around so many other people that struggle with what we struggle with is amazing. I'm, I was so happy when someone came up to me and was talking to me and like, we introduced ourselves, which was something that everyone does. Um, and like, they like kind of like looked down at my name tag real quick and it made me feel nice because I was like, I don't know your name either. And then I even said that I was like, so I'm going to look at your name tag. And they're like, Oh my God, thank you. Like we want, we're trying to be neurotypical so often we mask so much. Um, someone came up with the idea, like, why don't we tell people, don't introduce yourself to me, wait until halfway through our conversation when I can like connect it to this thought that's, I'm like, oh my gosh, that'd be brilliant. We start talking about, you know, the twins and the Yankees. And you'll be like, and then, yeah. Oh, Lindsay, yes, got Lindsay, it. Got it. Yes. Yeah. You know, I was back on campus from the school that I never actually graduated from and mm -hmm. was seeing people from freshman year of college, which is like literally 2004. And I can tell you everything about our relationship, where we spent time together, our mutual friends. I might not remember their names, but I can give you a general description. But I cannot, for the life of me, get to that box. It is so far buried. And I have just started this. I'm like, hey, hey it's Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm just going to be the one that's awkward. Yeah. Because I would rather do that than feel bad about it. And it's also, you know, it's this idea of like, carrying that around is way too much. I think that's why, and I get for some people it's hard to disclose that you have ADHD, um, but that's why I found disclosure when you're able to and it's a safe place to is amazing. Like doing it with my friends, I've told them, and they've, like, now we have an emoji when I haven't messaged you in a while and I, like get to that point now where it feels awkward and they're just like, Oh, I haven't heard from Ron. I'm going to send this emoji. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. Like it gave me permission. I love that. It's like a special like code word. Like, Hey Ron, I still, you there? And I'm like, and they're like, and we get it, but that's all you want, right? You, you just a, want them to get it. You need to get, get a method it. name on this immediately okay. so that all I right. can start. I will promote the heck out of this because okay. literally my best friends are going to be like, <laughs> okay, my sister, she just keeps calling yeah. And she knows that I don't like talking on the no, phone. No, no, But really if I tough. don't answer, it just gets worse. Right. And but when someone that. texts you, like, are you okay? That makes me feel so guilty. You know. Right? Like, or if I go to a, usually I'm outgoing. I go to a party and I'm quiet just because, just feeling quiet that day. And seven people come up to me like, is everything okay? Then I feel, oh, I should be my normal, energetic, outgoing self. And then I'm masking that way. And so it's. But on the flip side, what I love about it too is I have friends who have lives and are busy. And if I send them a text and they don't respond right away, then I sit in that, you know, puddle oh, yeah. of they're mad at me. What did I do? I'm yep. thinking back to every interaction we have had. And if I just send an emoji and they go, oh my God, I'm so busy, blah, 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 or right, you know, whatever right. it is. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like communicating is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I just say, and I, it's so very much because we're here and because we both have ADHD and because we both love karaoke and baseball. But this was such a lovely conversation. Aww. I'm so glad that you sat I down and, and uh, so much fun. I, I do. I want to go out with, we go out tonight in Dallas. You are at a karaoke bar. The energy mm -hmm. is top notch. Like it is the best crowd in the room. Oh, you man. are, you're like, I'm, I'm pulling out the big guns. Oh, snap. what is it? What, what is oh, your, geez. what's your go-to? See, this is such a, now I'm having decision process. It really depends on the vibe. It is. So I have to pick a vibe right now. Um, I would say come together by the Beatles. Okay. Or 
I mean, if I'm really feeling it and it's that weird, like I do in sync. For yeah. Sure. I'll do it like a, it's going to be me. Or That's something. a good one. I dressed as Joey Fatone for Halloween. One I can year. actually see that. Yeah. I and, can see it a little in the eyes and everybody. And I think I looked more like him like 10 years ago when I did this and I won a costume contest. It was a karaoke bar and I sang in sync and everybody was just like, Oh my, and like taking pictures. I was like, I don't think I look that much like him, but you know, no, I mean, it, I, I can yeah, see it. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, how can people find you online? Uh, you can go to my website, ADHDCoachRon.com, or um, Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, I'm ADHD underscore Ron. And on TikTok, I'm ADHD Coach Ron. Um, I know it's confusing, but uh, yeah, just... And also, I love this, and I say this to a lot of people that get um, consults from me, and I was like, listen, if you have any questions, message me, um, even if you're not a client of mine. I love talking about this shit, so it can be all day, and um, I don't really get sick of it. If I do, I will take a day to respond to you, but then I'll be all for it the next day. Um, and send me memes and stuff. Send me videos that you like. I love, that's how I spend my free time, so. Thank yeah. you so much. This yeah, so much for fun. sure. Awesome, thanks a huge thanks to the entire team at adhd online for their continued support of refocus with lindsay gensel to find out more about the work ADHD Online is doing to make assessments and treatment more affordable and accessible, check out ADHDonline.com. The music for Refocus was created by Louis Inglis, a songwriter and composer based out of Perth, Australia, who was diagnosed with ADHD in 2020 at the age of 39. If you are looking for music, whether it's for a podcast or a different project, I cannot recommend Louis enough. I've included ways to get in touch with him in the show notes. And of course, so much gratitude and love to Ron Capelbo for making time for me in Dallas and for sharing his story with us here on Refocused. To learn more about Ron, his ADHD story, and the work he's doing as a coach, you can find him at ADHDcoachron.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to Refocused and make sure to join us for the first taping of Refocused Live Thursday, December 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. You can find the links to RSVP and get the show added to your calendar so you don't forget. Write in social, that's at Pod, or head over into the show notes for the podcast wherever you're listening to find the links. If you like what you're hearing, show us some love online, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening now and follow along on social at RefocusPod. And make sure to check out all of the amazing stuff we're creating by visiting ADHDonline.com backslash refocused. And of course, if you have a story you want to share or a topic you want us to look into, shoot me an email directly at podcast at ADHDonline.com. <laughs>